And I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to um, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. And we're going to be looking at a very familiar story. And I think God is so amazing. He continues to blow my mind. I was downtown last night and Marvin was just bringing the word. And I started to listen to what he was talking about. And I was like, man, that dude's preaching my sermon for tomorrow morning. He started to preach out of Acts chapter 9. And he started to talk about this guy by the name of Saul, which he had another name later called Paul. Some of us have heard this story before. And so we're going to be diving into this story this morning, but we're not going to be focusing necessarily all of our attention on the Saul-Paul conversion. We know that this story is where Jesus intercepted Saul on the road to Damascus, and he changed his life forever. It's a powerful story of the move of Jesus, but we're not going to focus much on Paul this morning. I want to just for a few minutes this morning, I want to focus on the lesser two of the characters in this story, and his name is Ananias. Ananias' name simply means favored of the Lord. Give me some more favor. If you want to pray just one prayer, pray for favor of the Lord. I am standing here today, a man who has been a recipient of the favor of God. You should see some of the parking spots that I get to pull into. It's amazing. We call it favor. But on a bigger scale, I've been able to see God's movement. I've seen lives changed. I've seen what we just sang. It's not just song lyrics, but it is actual chains being broken. I have been favored. You, my friends, are favored of the Lord. That's what Ananias means. And so I get this question a lot, and I'm going to just spend just a few minutes, if I can, talking maybe some just very practical stuff for some Christ followers in the room who are just wanting to see more of Jesus move in their life i didn't plan on saying this and i've got a prayer partner in this room who sent me a text message last night he's got a prayer closet and my name is in his prayer closet and in his prayer closet my name and my family's name is there but underneath it there's a greater prayer and i've been praying it for over a year now and i've been praying moses's prayer of god show me your glory like i want to see some of that kind of stuff am i the only one I want to see some Red Sea parting stuff. I want to see some Jericho walls falling down. God, I want to see more of it. And so I get this question all the time when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Is Scott, how do I know it's God speaking to me? Because if we're honest in this room, there are some of us, and we'll sit there and we'll think, I'm not sure if God's ever spoken to me before. How do I know it's God speaking? How do I know that it is God asking me to do blank? If you've ever wrestled with that question, could you just raise your hand for just a second? Raise it high. Look around. You're not in this alone. And so what I've done is I just really just wrote some notes down that I'm going to share with you this morning. And I see it very evident here when God, actually Jesus, using Ananias. Now listen, I don't know how you study or read your Bible. I'm not a very scholar. I'm not one of these people who understand Greek and Hebrew. I'm not one who is going to be like blowing you out of the water like Pastor Brent with some kind of deep 14, 14, 15 stories deep about Scripture. I'm just not. I'm going to keep it right here on the middle shelf where most of us can reach it. Cool? I mean, because I don't want to go above my head because then you're in trouble and I'm in deep trouble. So here's the deal. I see this, like God, 
like using Ananias in ways that he's wanting to use every single one of us. Every single one of us. If we call the name of Jesus Christ follower, I'm going to heaven when I die. That's you. That he's got this thing for you. And can I tell you that I think a lot of us Christ followers are missing it when it comes to God speaking to us and wanting us to move. And so today, again, very practical. How, how do I hear from God? How do I know it's God? There's a lot of competing voices. There are, at least in my head, there's a lot of competing voices. And today, what I just want to say is there is God's voice. God, through his Holy Spirit, still speaks to us today. He speaks to us today. And then there is the world's voice. Okay, the world has a voice and it's a very loud voice. You see, I'm not going to go down into the micro level of all the voices because I'm not getting to the like your mother-in-law's voice that's in your head. I'm not going to count that one. All right. But I am going to stay on the macro level and the world's voice is a macro level voice. And listen, we've got to be able to discern how do we know that this is God saying this to me and not the world. The third is, is you. You have a voice. I have about three. I'm not going to tell you their names. I'll introduce them to you later, but not today. But I have about three of my own voices that are constantly speaking to me. And then there's the fourth, and it's the enemy's voice. So you have God who wants to speak to you and move you and advance his kingdom. Then you have the world's voice. You have your voice. And then you have the enemy's voice. And it is amazing how similar these voices sound, right? So we're all in this together. Okay, good. So here's the deal. I have found when I am trying to listen to God's voice, how amazingly similar my wife's voice and God's voice is. Okay? So if I'm not hearing from God, but I'm hearing from my wife, I might as well be hearing from him, okay? And she told me this just last night, having no clue what I was getting ready to preach, and I'm going to tell you until the day I die is exactly what she said. There you go. So I have her voice until God takes her away. But here's the deal. How do we know that this is God's voice? And there's just four simple things I want to show you just real quickly this morning. If you take notes, they're going to pop up on the screen. But the first is this, that God's voice will always, always be spoken to advance his kingdom. Always. Acts chapter 9, a man by the name of Ananias. Verse 10, Acts chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. God is speaking to Ananias, and I don't know if you understand the magnitude of this speaking. Like, Ananias better be sure that this is God speaking to him. There's some things that you're on the verge of that you may be calling, be asked, being called to do. You may have some life-changing decisions that are on your doorstep, and you better be sure that this is God saying to you, blank. 
You see, we don't understand because we just read this scripture and it's a nice little story of Saul changing to Paul. But we don't understand that God was asking Ananias to go to the head of ISIS. That's what this was. He was asking Ananias to go to one of the most dangerous individuals in this known world and touch him. You see, we read through this and we think, oh, it's a great little story, our children, and we learned in Sunday school. But no, this could have been if Ananias was hearing from himself, from the world, or from the enemy, this was a death call. Some of us in this room, our lives may not be on the line. But can I just say this? There may be someone's life on the line that God is calling you to go and to lay hands on. Like God is using you to tell them the good news about his son Jesus. And it may not be life or death from you, but it may very well be life or death for the person God is asking you to to go touch. And so this is known that God will always speak to us and he will always be talking about advancing his kingdom. You see, what we got to understand here is that there was nothing in this for Ananias. There was nothing that was going to promote him to the next level of discipleship. There was nothing that he was going to reap from this encounter with God other than knowing that I've been obedient. He had everything to lose and really not that much to gain as we would see it. But God said, hey, Ananias, I need you to go. And there's a man by the name of Paul, and he's a killer. And I need you to lay hands on him. And I need you to basically go be me to this killer. You see, God was right then and there speaking on the kingdom level. Look at what it says later on here in Acts chapter 9. I'm going to just skip down to the 15th verse. He says, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a what? A chosen instrument, what? Of mine, God. God is always going to speak to us, and it is going to be first and foremost about advancing his kingdom. And so maybe you're wrestling, is this God saying this to me, or did I just eat a bad slushie and some popcorn from Target the other day? Because that's happened probably. But I need to know, God, is this you? God will always, first and foremost... Speak to us about advancing his kingdom. The second thing, real quickly, is that he only not only speaks about advancing his kingdom, but he he speaks to us about advancing his people. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but this from this very stage, I've taught some similar things. This is exactly how Hope City makes all of its decisions. God is going to speak to you about advancing his people. Wait a minute. Saul, this killer of Christians, wasn't one of his people. Yeah, he was. Saul just didn't realize it yet. And so God speaks to Ananias, and he says, I need you to go lay hands. Be me to Saul, and I need you to advance him. I'm getting ready to use him. He goes and says, I'm his instrument, or he is my instrument. I'm going to advance my kingdom through this man. So Ananias, you know, the story goes and he went and laid hands and Saul slash Paul's eyes were open. 
does some amazing things in the name of Jesus. So if you're wrestling with this and you know that, hey, this is going to advance his kingdom, is this going to advance God's people? You see, God's people isn't just all the good Christians who are in church right now. No, his people is everyone. And so God is going to speak to us, and he'll never contradict himself. I promise you, when God speaks to you, it will be about advancing his people. The third thing, advancing his church. See, if this scripture goes on and it says that he's going to be my instrument and he's going to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. Listen, can I tell you that if we as Christ followers, not just people who go to church, if we listen to God, if we listen to him, the church in America would be the healthiest institution there is. If we listen to God, as we as Christ followers should, the church, big C church, would be the healthiest institution in this country. You see, a part of God's movement that's way bigger than us and is way larger than Hope City, we have to be people, Christ followers, who understand that this is not about advancing my kingdom. It's always going to be about advancing his, his people, and his church. And then I love the fourth one, is that he's going to speak to us, and sometimes... Sometimes, sometimes it's going to be about advancing us. See, on the flip side of this, there's a story in Luke chapter 4, and I'd love for you to turn there, um, because look at how the enemy works. Remember I said he's one of the voices that's speaking into you, right? The enemy works just the opposite of what we just shared. The enemy is going to start at the bottom. And I love this slide, so just leave it up. The enemy is always going to start with you being exalted. Scott, that just sounds like something you made up. Well, it actually isn't. Look at uh, Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus Christ himself is being led into temptation. And so listen, if you have something called temptation in your life... Listen, count it an honor. Jesus was tempted. He's being led into temptation by the enemy. The enemy comes to Jesus and he says this, and I'm just in Luke chapter 4, verse 3. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. You see, Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days, so he was hungry. Some of you hadn't eaten in 40 minutes and you're starving right now. But Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days. And he was hungry, Scripture tells us. He was weak and he was hungry. And the enemy comes to him and says, If you really are the Son of God, I want you to do something that is going to gratify yourself. You see? That's where the enemy will start. So right there is the most pure way of understanding. Is this God? speaking to me or is this the enemy is this the world 
Is this me? You see, that's not only the once. He did it actually two more times. But just for time's sake this morning, skip on down to verse 6. Luke records another. He says, and he said to him, I tell you, I'll give you all the authority. The enemy is saying, I will give you, Jesus, all the authority. And he says, I'll give you their glory. So there's some of us in this place today. And we desperately need to hear from God. He's going to say, he's going to be about his kingdom. He's going to be about his people. And then he's going to be about his church. Hey, Christ followers, that's for us.